You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning. Welcome to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And today the business at hand is the business of starting and, more importantly, sustaining a top-notch restaurant in a very highly competitive environment. Now, the environment is very uh, competitive all across uh, the U.S. and in parts of Europe and Asia these days. Uh, Most American cities have uh, competitive marketplaces, but some are more competitive than others, uh, especially at the high end. Uh, You've got New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and in the south, uh, most notably, you've got Charleston, New Orleans, and Atlanta. So that creating a quality and an innovative restaurant with a superior quality of service and an overall operation that sustains that quality is really not an easy task. It's not for the faint of heart. But that's what my guest today, chef owner Peter Kaiser, has done, partnering with uh, fellow chef Kevin Rathbun. He's done that in creating Kaiser's Chop House located in Sandy Springs, which uh, is in the north metro area uh, of Atlanta. And uh, so I'm really delighted to have Peter Kaiser as my guest. Welcome to the Business Hour, Peter. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Peter, you must get asked this all the time. If you're um, chatting with someone, you know, people talk about it as the... uh, the elevator speech, but I think of it as more like you're at a cocktail party and someone's genuinely interested. So you're going to give them a little more than the elevator speech, maybe just uh, something that that uh, offers some detail. How would you describe what you've created? Well, we wanted, um, you know, I've been in the restaurant business for a long time, and, and you know, this obviously I put my name on this place. And it wanted to reflect what I like and what I feel. And we also had to look at the demographics where we are. And um, so, you know, a steakhouse, a chop house made the most sense. And the thing what we really wanted is, you know, have great service, a place where you can come in and um, feel comfortable with good service, hospitality, great food, and, you know, obviously, Chop House, we are having steaks. But when you go, we're going into it a little bit later, uh, our menu is quite a variety of different things where you can find for everybody something to draw us the steakhouse, and uh, that's what I like. And so I think you come into our restaurant, you know, uh, feeling comfortable, want to sit down, enjoy <coughs> your company, have a good meal, good service, great wine, and um, just, um, you know, I'll put it this way, um, one of the first customer I had in came in, and he said, you know, this feels really good, uh, how long have you been open? I said, well, I'm open um, two weeks. He said, it feels like you've been here forever. As he says, he says to me, this feels like cheers on steroids and I said well I I take that (laughs) and you know I think part of that might have been the um, the welcoming atmosphere uh, that you have you know it's a beautiful interior it could have been stuffy 
um, but it's not. And we're, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later and how you manage to have a staff that is <clears throat> friendly and attentive and genuinely hospitable. But now I want to go back to the discussions um, and maybe even to the thoughts that you were having before you ever discussed this with uh, Kevin Rapp and your partner uh, to the earlier stages when you were thinking you might want to start a restaurant and uh, walk us through that uh, process. Um, was it years before? I mean, of course, you might have imagined it decades ago, but was it months or years before you seriously began to think about it? And then tell me about how you and Kevin got together to have then those really serious discussions that led to the formation of the restaurant. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, you know, growing up in the restaurant business, my parents and all that, uh, we always, as a chef, uh, you know, you 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 always want to say, well, I want to be that guy. I want to be the. I want to be the owner. I want to be the one who's calling the shots. So, you always have that. Um, but you know, the smart thing tells you there is a lot to it. Uh, just not just to open up a restaurant because there's a lot of failure uh, in restaurants with people who just don't know what they're doing. Uh, it takes a lot of things to do that. So, you know, for me it was always get the basics, start off, work that, and I did that all my life. Um, so it took so, that takes a lot to it, and more experience and more learning from good people who are successful. Uh, that is that probably was uh, most always in in my mind to get those first um, the experience, and then of course we always wanted to open up his own rest, uh, old press. When is the time? You know I. I had times where I would say, listen, now, now is the time to do it, or we're trying to find, is the economy right, all those things. Uh, and you have this job, and you other things come in, you know, where, okay, family, kids, you need um, uh, those things can think. Uh, where, like in Kevin's, uh, Kevin, he was ready. He knew he wanted to go, and he told at that time, Pano said, look, I just want you to know, I'm going to be open up my own restaurant in about a year. Well, Pano looked at that and said, well, you better make it in a couple of months. So he wasn't ready. So he went through from not having a, a job to not, not having a job. And at that point, you know, you're going to have to make decisions. And it it's just... That at that time, because I, I, I went with him through that, and he showed me the restaurants, and he had no choice. And he he picked the right restaurant, and you know it was the best thing he ever did. When you say he picked the right restaurant, what do you mean the concept behind his original wrap buns? Yes, yes, because he took a chance, but he not only took a chance where he went, and you know he was. Pull in the right place, but I always think, you know. And my wife just told me this the other day, and she's like, you know, oh, there's people who want you to go to this place uh, in Roswell or this place. We looked at that, and she said, well, that wasn't the right place. And I say, you know, I have so much. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, like, came same with Kevin or me. We have so much 
experience, I probably could have made it there. And I know he had all that experience and all that knowledge and that goodness and the hospitality. He made it where nobody thinks he could make it. Right. He was one of the first in a section of Atlanta on Krog Street that uh, people were probably wondering what the heck is he doing. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I was like, I'm looking at this place and I said, really? You want to go here? And he said, well, you know what? Price is right. And I'm going to And he had all that experience and all that knowledge. He could have made it anywhere. Well, and I think the same is true of you. I think that you could probably make it anywhere, but you have locations which are better than others. Of course. Uh, and so it's going to make your, you know, your, your job easier to, to succeed in the better environment. In case of Kevin, he broke the ground, you know, yeah. for that area and enough that he could open up a second one, you sure. know, a short distance away and there. People were coming and he, but he, the location was good. You know, the price was right. The location was good. It was close to something. It wasn't developed yet, but there was plenty of traffic. Yeah, there and there was some growth going on in the area. He was Absolutely. just one of the the first uh, businesses. Right in, yeah, yeah I, speaking of timing, you know, uh, because you have your personal life. You know, you you, you have kids. I mean, not you, but one has Everybody. maybe kids, and then you have the economy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we had been in uh, a downturn for a while, and we came out of it. And so you guys said, okay, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're ready again. And quite honestly, this uh, part of uh, Metro Atlanta, I, I have always thought that, that the people were a little um, stingy with their money, actually. It's taken them a while to get to the point, I think, where they w- are realize, okay, we can spend a little bit of money going out to uh, a nice meal. Uh, so I think you got uh, into the restaurant last year at a point in time when people were kind of coming out of their – the economy was out of the slump and people are thinking uh, – it's just an evolution of, of consciousness where it's not a lot of uh, what we would call blue hairs, you know, old ladies – coming to a place for a, a salad and uh, uh, you've got a, a younger group, the average age in, in Sandy Springs, actually contrary to popular belief, is, is about 35. You know, so you've got this thriving uh, um, young uh, crowd uh, and uh, so I think you, 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 you picked a good location. Tell me about what, what the options might have been because you could have been down in Buckhead. You could have gone over into that industrial-like area that Kevin's in. Mm -hmm. You could have been up in Roswell. You could have been way out in Smyrna. You know, you probably weren't going to be south, uh, you know, uh, too far south because you don't want to be too far from home. And also, I think the uh, economy's a little stronger unless you go all the way to Peachtree City. So how did you pick uh, the location in North Metro Atlanta in Sandy Springs? Um, There was a couple of things I looked at it. Um, You know, we're going down in maybe later uh, uh, what what kind of place it is. Uh, but the location was, for me, I've been in, there was a couple of things. Uh, I was close enough to Bucket. Um, there was a lot of traffic uh, going through. It was very close to people I served for a long time, which was in Bucket. But it was not in Bucket. Bucket got oversaturated. Um and it was easy to get to my place there. 
so I like the location from that reason. Um, there's a lot of uh, businesses are going up in that in that area, so there's a lot of business people which uh, helps during the week when you are, you know, serving business. I think our uh, uh, customers. Then so that was a good aspect. Then on top of you might not know that, and I didn't know it at that point, but it kind of had that feel to it. Uh, my zip code is the richest zip code in America. Yeah, the uh, that, the cotton is it very is tall, very very much. And you know, when I talk, start to talking to people uh, like my sister who lives close by, and I said, "What do you think about the location?" She says, "It's great. Uh, there's a Whole Foods across the street. I don't go to Bucket. I'm going to that. I can easier to get there. Uh, I get my nails done. It's so easy. So." It was ve- that's why it's so much traffic. So yeah, if you draw um, uh, a half mile, one mile, two mile, three mile, four mile uh, radius around it, it's um, uh, as they say uh, here in the south, uh, cotton is very tall. Um, we're here with Peter Kaiser. We're talking about what has gone into the creation of Kaiser's Chop House, his restaurant here in North Metro Atlanta. We'll be back with Peter right after this break. This is Dr. George from Medicine on Call. Healthcare reform is confusing, but one thing has become obvious, whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you'll become part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who want to control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It's an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share their medical needs, neighbor helping neighbor. Medical, surgical, and some alternative holistic treatments are covered without restrictive doctor and hospital panels. Plans start as low as $107 a month for an individual and $345 a month for a family. Healthcare without the hassle. What a simple concept. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org or call 1-800-714-6993. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Peter Kaiser, the chef, owner, creator, along with his partner, Kevin Rathbun, of Kaiser's Chop House that's located here in North Metro Atlanta. We've been talking about what goes into the creation uh, of a restaurant, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what goes into the sustaining of a, of a restaurant and then drill down into his menu and also uh, into Kevin's uh, background. But we're still talking about the creation of the restaurant 
And uh, we talked about the location uh, having lots of um, desirable features. Uh, very specifically, the location uh, had gone through a couple of iterations, we'll say, and you saw that it had the bones, you know, that there was the framework that you could work with, and you actually uh, engaged the Bill Johnson uh, restaurant design folks. And so your interior and exterior really upgraded the neighborhood, so to speak. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, the conversations you had about what you wanted your place to look like. Well, it was um, it was a, a Chase and Steli before, and for for a minute it was a sushi place, and it was it looked horrible. My wife, when she drove up to it, and he said, "You got to be kidding me!" And uh, I said, "No, I, it has the bones. It, it has what it need, and it is the location, and it has all those things." So when I brought in Kevin, I said, "Listen, look at this location." He said, "Well." It's a good location, but it's next to a Lowe's, and it's this and that. And I said, but, you know, it has what we want. It has the bones. It has the location. It has, and this is a big part of it, price. It's priced right. It is that we can get this for um, for a deal. So we brought in, and so next thing we wanted to say, so we need to bring in Bill, our friend uh, from John, Bill Johnson's studio. And um, and uh, he said, so let's take a look at this. And he came in, and he said, what do you guys want to do here? Well, I said to him, I think with the neighborhood and everything what's going on here, uh, I think it's under, first of all, the neighborhood is underserved. And I think with the businesses and everything, we can do a, a steakhouse here. I want to do a steakhouse. I want that kind of clientele. And so we want to go upscale. We want to have a nice build-out. We want to, I don't want it too modern. I want it, I want it comfortable. And uh, so he said, well, yeah, we can do it. It has all this. And I said, well, so we sat down with his team, and um, I said, you know, this comfortable, not too too modern. I want it. It has the feel of it's going to be timeless. That's what we really wanted. I want it timeless. I want that feel. And then here came the word. Um, it still makes me feel because they got it 100%. Uh, what I wanted to look, I wanted London chic. That feel. And he said, yeah, okay. And so they brought in, you know, they come, came up with the element of uh, a library wall to split up the restaurant a little bit, bar and the dining room. Um, you know, the color scheme, the lighting, uh, you know, the, f the floor, the carpeting. You know, we say, what kind of floor? So, well, I, like, I like wood floor. And it's like, well, how about a uh, pine wood floor? I said, pine wood, yeah, pine wood. Uh, not, I'm sorry, uh, oak, oak number three. Now, what's number three? So n number three is the, 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 the lowest grade. I said, why the lowest grade? Because it has good feel to his head. It has bones. It, it feels like it's been there. A and they nailed it. I mean, they, they came up with this scheme, and it was a, for them, they were doing a lot of uh, big places. You know, they they gotten really big. They, do, they did a lot of restaurants we worked in for Pano. Um, but this was, for them, was a little bit of labor of love, and it's just... It really came out 
uh, extremely. I mean, it's just like I want. You know, uh, uh, you said London chic, and a lot of people who haven't uh, had the opportunity to uh, visit a few London restaurants might not understand that uh, you know what London has done. It, it has uh, hundreds of years of uh, English, British, European roots. Uh, so you have uh, old school. Uh, you know, they would have been the first taverns, dark wood, dark spaces. Um, but I, I see what you have done is much like those London restaurants that combine old school with a contemporary feel. You yes. know, a balance uh, yes. of old school and contemporary. The, the lighting fixtures, you know, mm-hmm. the, the transparent glass walls with uh, the wine bottles, you know, yeah. uh, it, it, it has a beautiful feel. And now I want to talk about... Um, the creation of the menu, which you know is at the core uh, of a of a of a restaurant. And by the way, you mentioned um, you know uh, the the price was right. You implied that the price was right. A lot of people who begin a business, particularly a restaurant, don't stop to think that okay, I'm going to be in a really chic part of town in this new development. You know, in the shops of Bucket on Rodeo Drive. But how many Caesar salads are you going to have to sell? How many fillets are you going to have to sell to pay that rent and put that pressure on yourselves? Even if you're going to be successful in those first few months, you know, and then and in an ongoing basis, if you want to be profitable, you're going to have to achieve that balance between uh, the cost of the the space and uh, and then having some budget to do a nice build out the way that you did. Um, the menu, you know. Uh, you have, you mentioned that you, you know, you wanted to be a steakhouse in some respects, but not strictly a steakhouse. Was there a time when you were thinking you would be skewed towards steakhouse rather than the balance that you have now, which has lots of seafood and other items so that you're, uh, I'd say, contemporary and eclectic while still having some traditional items on the menu? Well, how did you decide to achieve that balance? Well, it it comes to it where, you know, when you come into a, the restaurant we just described <coughs> where it's comfortable, it has that feel to it. You know, people are, I think with what we talked about a minute ago about, you know, people are coming back to, um, you know, the steakhouse and, and people are looking why, why, you know, they can't afford it. You know, people are working hard. Uh, they they want to say I'm working hard. I want I deserve a good steak. I I, I deserve a good martini. I, I deserve a good bottle of wine. So we wanted them that feel to it, and and you know we started out with really a quality uh, uh, meats. We sourcing those out of Chicago, um, but we also want not only that. We, that was the draw, but also we wanted people to realize when you come into Kaiser's. There's choices, and there's plenty of choices. Um, that's one of the, one thing I want to put on the menu was like, okay, you know, I just don't want to have three, four appetizers in this. We have lots of choices on there, uh, on the hot side, uh, on the raw part, which is oysters, and and uh, you know, one part of me, I worked in a in a place where uh, for a long time we had sushi there, so I liked the raw part, not only oysters or carpaccio, which we have. But we also have um, hamachi, you know, the yellowtail, which with the bonzu sauce. We have tuna tartare with uh, tiger de leche, which is, has that little more 
not traditional, but has a little more of a flavor uh, for parts. Um, so, you know, and we have tons of choices on salads and, and vegetables and seafood. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm sourcing those out of the high quality people, which I know for years because I worked in those places. So there's lots of choices, I think, on our menu, and that's what I wanted. Um, again, the draw was steakhouse, comfortable things. But when you come in and you realize that there's lots of choices for everybody, I think big parties uh, enjoy that because uh, everybody has something they can find there and come back for that. You know, you you have some classic roots that go back to Europe, and again, we'll get into your background in a little bit, but you could have chosen to be, you know, uh, European-style hot cuisine uh, instead. You know, I think that you embody the definition of modern uh, American contemporary with a strong um, steak and seafood orientation, but you've got the Asian... You, you've got a North and South American uh, 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 influence. Uh, you source <clears throat> meats from Chicago, oysters from New England. You know, you're, you're, you're committed to quality product from different regions. I mean, tell me about the sourcing of uh, some of the, uh, the product other than uh, Chicago and uh, New England. Or even tell us you didn't talk about that. I... That's from a previous conversation we had. Yeah, we, we, it's, you know, I mean, it's uh, obviously it's um, the quality of food is what we're serving. You know, we, you know, it's, it's, it starts with the wines and it starts with uh, the steaks and it starts with the seafood and where you get it and how fresh it is. And um, so we, we are committed. What we do is, um, you know, when I, t- I build relationships uh, over all the years I've been in America for 30 years and so on, I build relationships with with steak uh, um, uh, meat purveyors and seafood purveyors and they know me for 15, 20 more years, they know what I want the quality and the other hand which I think in business is very important uh, and especially in the seafood or uh, in, in the restaurant business is when you have that Quality, like let's say, for instance, Allen Brothers, the steakhouse we buy. I buy from them, and I'm committed to them. And they are doing steaks for a hundred since 1980, uh, no, 1897, so over a hundred years. And they have people that are buying from the same. They grow from the the the, the cattle in the same place. They pay them on time. They're getting the best quality, and the quality is there. And I'm committed to them. I'm not calling uh, Allen Brothers up and say, what's your price tomorrow? Or what's your price today? And then I can find a better price somewhere. No. I know they give me the quality, and I stay with them. And so we have that relationship. It's the same with the seafood. Or my uh, I have people who bring me seafood from Florida. I have growers here in Atlanta who bring me the vegetables in there. So I have those I built those relationships over those years and I stay with them because we have that we have that commitment to them. So it, I know if they have something and say, I need to sell this Peter, I got too much and it's like, well, it's fresh, it's good, I'll buy it. Right. It, you have trusted relationships with Absolutely. people that you know have 
quality, and and in some sense, it's like a uh, a winery that that outsources to specific vineyards that have a reputation. Absolutely. And so you know about the quality of the grapes going into your wine, and you have uh, quality control from the very beginning. Um, we're going to take a break. We're here with Peter Kaiser. We've been talking about what goes into creating and sustaining uh, what I think is a world-class restaurant, and we'll talk more with Peter right after this break. This is Dr. George from Medicine on Call. Healthcare reform is confusing, but one thing has become obvious, whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you'll become part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who want to control their own health care costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It's an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share their medical needs, neighbor helping neighbor. Medical, surgical, and some alternative holistic treatments are covered without restrictive doctor and hospital panels. Plans start as low as $107 a month for an individual and $345 a month for a family. Healthcare without the hassle. What a simple concept. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org or call 1-800-714-6993. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200 or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. <clears throat> I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And we're here with Peter Kaiser, and we've been talking about a lot of the details that go into creating a quality restaurant concept and then the execution of those details uh, to have a restaurant that uh, succeeds based upon uh, a quality location, a quality uh, interior design, a quality uh, source of food items. And uh, speaking of quality food items, and uh, you know, if you if you would like, you can go to the uh, uh, com website and either follow along or, or go there um, after the, the program to, to take a look at some of the items that we're talking about. But I want to go through with Peter some of those, uh, those items, uh, and uh, including both some of the ones I have tried but some of them that I have not. And... You know, he sets this tone uh, for hospitality uh, uh, in, in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, but on the menu, you'll see the section, which is typically, you know, either uh, 
first courses or appetizers or whatever, small plates. At, at Kaiser's Chop House, it's called Hot Deliciousness. And then in parentheses, shared or not. Um, because they are the kind of items that you might want to go to with a group and, uh, and get his grilled thick cut bacon or his lamb lollipops or the Rhode Island calamari uh, with jalapenos or the steamed mussels, uh, the burgundy escargot, the beef and veal meatballs, the fried oysters, Rockefeller, the jumbo, the jumbo lump crab cake, the tempura fried Georgia shrimp, the smoked salmon, or the batter fried lobster tail. And if that doesn't uh, whet your appetite, uh, I don't know what would, because there's something there for everyone. Um, you know, let's take just for example your uh, something that's done by a lot of restaurants. But I thought that your crispy Rhode Island calamari and with jalapenos and lemon aioli was was just you know one of the tastiest calamaris I've ever had. And I've had some really tasty calamari in Italy, all over Europe, all over the the U.S. And I thought that yours was um, the batter was done right, the way the calamari itself was cooked was just right. The uh, jalapenos weren't overpowering. Tell us a little bit about that dish. Uh, you know, my my wife always says, um, "You make the best calamari." And I was like, "Put it on the menu." I said, "Okay, what's going on?" Uh, you know, I worked in a in a place which was a really a big tapas place and sushi and all that, and um, we are we sold so many calamaris and it, people that just came back for it all the time. Um, so she said, "You put that on." And I said, "Well, yeah, everybody likes calamari." I think it th- starts again. It's you got to pick the right calamari. And the only calamari I buy is one brand because I know it's tender. It cooks right. And um, so I just pick that calamari, and I have one uh, source uh, who I get a lot of things from. Him. And I said, I said, Greg, um, that's the only calamari you're going to send me. And he, he says, I know you for 20 years. You know that. And I said, well, uh, that's how we're going to do it. So that starts with that, and then we do the breading. Just uh, I think you got to do the breading right, and cook, don't overcook them. Don't, and so they don't get tough, and, and that's it. You know, simple as that. Well, you know, it, it, you you do kind of keep it simple, uh, and it uh, the result is uh, the perfect, uh, I think. Um, quality of, of taste accented by that jalapeno so it has a little bit of spiciness and I, it was one of our uh, favorite items that evening tell us about the uh, you know you can get a a, a, a thick bacon uh, at, at, a, at a variety of restaurants over the last couple of decades you know people have gone bacon crazy uh, rightfully slow so because I myself am a, a bacon aficionado but um a lot of places you get a grilled thick bacon. It might be uh, kind of a hard slab, you know, it, delicious, uh, cured in such a way that it's, you know, candied, maybe even with a bourbon. Uh, but yours is a thick-cut bacon that is more tender, uh, very thick, tender. And to tell us a little bit about that preparation. Again, we, we you know, I'm, I'm a... I'm all about the bacon, that's for sure. 
but we use a lot of bacon and again we source that right first I thought well I make my own and when you're doing that and you have to do so many different things uh, in your restaurant and I do uh, certain things I make I make my own sausage for for my bolognese because I think I make the best one and people come back for that because I like doing that and I made some bacon before and cured it but there is a lot of wolf and uh, again, I source this bacon. I don't make our bacon in the restaurant. We source our bacon and because they make the best. And they've been making that bacon for, I don't know, 100 years. And it's just quality, consistency. And then we, we put our spin to it. Uh, we grill it. We cut it thick. Uh, we make uh, palm sugar um, uh, with uh, palm sugar um, syrup with some um, vinegar and bird's eye chilies would give some the heat the sweetness and uh, the acidity from the sh- from the vinegar and that's our our paint on the on the bacon after we we grill it but also not too uh, too much and it doesn't overpower the bacon no. so many places these days Just they're getting carried away with their uh, accent of flavors yeah you know I always I always say this when you have something like bacon and it's good, or your steak, it's good. Don't put too much on it, you know? It's like on a steak. Put salt and pepper on it for, for, and, and let the, the meat shine. Now let the bacon be himself. And add a little bit this and a little bit that. If you just taste too much, like you said, it's overdone. So try you, not to overdo it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, you have a batter-fried uh, lobster tail, you know, lightly battered doesn't take away from the flavor of the lobster because lobster can be delicate flavored and uh tell us a little bit about that and uh, where do you source that from well uh, we've been uh, you know going back way back uh to you know the restaurants i worked at panos and paul's and uh you know institution and they had fried lobster tails on there and that's where i came from and a lot of our customer i used to work there for years and years uh, they're still coming back, and it was just one item everybody likes. It's, it, there's some, you, there's not, there's nothing you can. You know, it's like fried chicken. You know, if your fried chicken is good, it's just great. And the fried lobster, done right, it's just delicious. So that's one of those items we put on our menu because people like it. And you know, it, it's none of these uh, portions are skimpy. You know, it's not. No. Uh, you're not that kind of a restaurant. And so you can have virtually a, a, a meal of uh, the lobster tail and a, and a salad, or if you choose, you know, to keep it light, the, your jalapeno, uh, crispy uh, calamari. Uh, and also one of the things I mentioned to you that I did was I took uh, little portions of that, uh, your bacon, and I paired it, you know, on the fork with um, pieces of uh Lobster, and let me tell you, I, I I don't know if you've done that personally, Peter, but that's a heavenly uh, combination. And for lobster lovers and bacon lovers, you 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 truly will be in Nirvana with uh, that on your fork. Oh yeah, I I have it in my head right now. <laughs> I'm thinking it true right now. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> You know, you, we were talking about uh, oysters, and yeah. uh, you had told me a story about uh, how you decided to create a escargot bruschetta as opposed to just escargot the way that it might uh, come in some restaurants uh, in the shell or in a puff pastry. You created a bruschetta. 
Tell me, tell us about that. Well, uh, again, uh, going back to uh, my uh, background from uh, being in a French restaurant, and we sold a lot of um, uh, escargots in the little cups, in the little shells, where the the, the garlic butter and is in there, and then you have to puff pastry on top and. You know, we cooked those a little bit. It was a busy restaurant. We always had a couple extra ones, and I ate these things every day. I love them. So um, one of the things I think I put an escargot on the menu was uh, I had uh, something we wanted. And escargot, like my, my mother-in-law, she's French, and she makes some good escargots. Um, talking about that, um, but anyway, I always eat a bit of bit French bread, um, you know, crispy French bread. And I was like, well, that's like a bruschetta, you know. So we grilled our bread, and we cooked the the, uh, the snails in garlic butter and wine and, and, and um, lots of parsley. And then we just pour it, uh, do it over our um, the grilled bread, and that soaks it up. And so the way I eat it, and so I already took a couple of steps away. It's right there in front of you, so. Yeah, it's kinda, a, it was kind of simple, kind of American, uh, uh, French, Italian fusion, right there on a little bruschetta, you know. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> you also, I, I, I don't want to overlook this, and I don't want to draw just from my personal experience, but I have to say I'm a very critical guy when it comes to Alaskan king crab. You know, king crab, much more available on the uh, West Coast. Uh, up until recently, you know, where you can get uh, fresh fish from the Mediterranean mm-hmm. overnight yeah. or whatever. Uh, but growing up uh, having uh, great uh, king crab, uh, I was delighted. I had that, and I thought uh, you did a really great job with uh, with the king crab. Again, I don't, I can't, I can't take that credit. Uh, somebody went out there and cut that king crab, and I, I'm just a guy who pick the right one you know so uh again it's it's about sourcing and and treating your 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 quality of, of things and then add a little bit of sauce here a little bit of this there uh, but it's about the king crap so yeah and you 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 uh that you we talked about the hot this deliciousness and we didn't get to all those items you know the salmon uh the smoked salmon potato skins with caviar and chive borson uh, the uh, section on chilled shellfish, which includes the king crab, the jumbo uh, shrimp uh, cocktail, oysters on the half shell, main lobster uh, cocktail, uh, ice shellfish tower, which is uh, oyster, shrimp, king crab, and lobster. Um, again, you know, something that you can share, or if you are uh, want to keep it all to yourself, you can do that. Uh, and then you have a section called thin and raw, um, uh by the way, the chilled shellfish is in parentheses a, a no-brainer, and uh, the thin and raw is strong like uh, the oak tree. Uh, what does that mean, Peter? Tell us what thin and raw in parentheses strong like an oak tree. Uh, that's my buddy Kevin. <laughs> I got to give him that. You know, we had some fun with. Uh, he was like, "Well, we got to put some names on there. We got to do this. How about you know uh, thin and raw? Straight. You know, he, he came up with that, and I was like." Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I got to give that. So that's uh, that's my friend Kevin. Uh, and, you know, I'm open to things, and he's open to things, and we we having fun with it, and uh, I think it's perfect. And I came up with um, items, and, and then he put the title on it. <laughs> well, we're going to take a break here, but we, we, we might touch on the elephant tuna, the hamachi, the Snake River um, 
uh, eye of round uh, tartare uh, or the beef carpaccio uh, and maybe touch on the soups and salads when we come back. But then we also have the, the steaks and chops and uh, your sauces, which are incredible. Uh, we'll touch on uh, some of those things when we come back. We're here with Peter Kaiser, and now we're deep into talking about uh, what's at the core of the restaurant, and that's the menu. We'll be back with Peter right after this break. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, You can rest assured, knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Peter Kaiser. We've been talking about his menu at Kaiser's Chop House here in North Metro Atlanta, which has a very, very broad range of items. Uh, uh, I'd characterize it as uh, having uh, something for everyone. Uh, And we talked about some of the appetizers, both hot and and chilled, and we touched on the yellowfin tuna avocado, uh, leche de tigra, corn tortilla, appetizer of the hamachi in a a ginger ponzu vinaigrette with cucumber, radish, uh, pink lady, uh, apple, snake river, uh, wagyu, eye of round steak tartare, uh, which is a classic, the beef carpaccio with lemon oil, aioli, uh, grana pandano, arugula. Uh, Anything you want to share with us about any one of those, uh, Peter? Oh, well, I like them all. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, I, d- I, I do like a good uh, classic tartare. I do like myself um, some, um, you know, uh, carpaccio the same way. But also, I'm uh, I'm really into um, 
some of the tuna tart, uh, tuna uh, tartare, which we you know has a little bit of you know Asian you know Asian flavor, but also South uh, South America. The um, the tiger de leche is kind of people. Say, what is that? Well, um, you know it comes uh, from making ceviche, a lot of ceviche, and um, when you make ceviche, you obviously have fresh uh, raw fish, and you add some. Uh, uh, orange juice, lime juice, different uh, juices to cure it, and 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 you make all that mix up in in um, let it um, you know uh, sit and, and just and get all those juices together. So that kind of comes from them because when you eat that ceviche, at the end there's almost juice, and that's the leche of the tiger. It makes you strong like a tiger. The so milk of the tiger, yes. The milk of so. We, we we make that at the restaurant. We do uh, infuse orange juices and lime juices and stuff with some some garlic and uh, lime and some uh, chili. So it makes it a little spicy, so it has a little kick to it, but it goes great with the tuna. Yeah, I, I bet it's uh, uh, refreshing. I, I have not tried that. You know, I have to do that next time around, but uh, I bet as uh, ceviche-like dishes go, uh, the elephant tuna with the avocado with the leche de tigre on a corn tortilla, it's got to be uh, fantastic. And we're not going to get into the hamachi or the snake river uh, wagyu eye of the round steak tartare, the beef carpaccio, you touched on them, but we, you know, you have a lobster bisque and a Caesar salad and iceberg wedge and, you know, uh, roasted beef, beets rather, uh, you know, for soups and salads, and then you have uh, additions you can take you know salmon or tuna or the olive roasted uh, chicken uh, the the lobster and combine those with a salad but let's go to now to the um, the area which you are uh, also become famous for in just a short period of time here uh, you have a barrel cut steak fillet you have the prime rib New York strip you have the prime cowboy ribeye a prime porterhouse. The spinalis, which I do want to talk a little bit about, and bone-in fillet. Um, tell us, you know, you do all those things. You source all of those things to be uh, quality uh, meats, quality beef. Um, the spinalis is a little different than you can get at most uh, restaurants. Uh, tell us about how you, what that is and how you chose to put it on the menu. Well, spinalis is, is really the, the decal or the top of uh, a ribeye. Um, and it has that, um, you know, you take that off. We used to buy for a while about just uh, the fillet of, um, of the ribeye, which is the center of it. And, um, and the decal was kind of, the, the spinella was kind of a byproduct for, for that. And um, it got so popular the, the, just using the spinel at the deco because it has all that flavor, all the marbling, everything is in it. And we, we just, um, we use that. Um, I mean, it got so popular because it has not that, it's not that fat, it's just marbled. And it has that, has a little bit of um, texture to it when you eat it. But what it's all about is the flavor. So that's, we got to know about it. And food critics wrote about it because you can't see it on other on other uh, uh, menus and uh, so yeah it's been very popular yeah it's it's really 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 flavorful it's kind of got a flavor of its own for sure um, 
and uh, as you mentioned, it's textured in a way that's a little bit different than a, a ribeye. But but you know, I, I like both. I I like a buttery uh, fillet or a ribeye, but I also like a little more textured piece of uh, meat sometimes. And and it it's the best of um, both worlds. Um, you have um, seafood. Uh, as well as steaks, uh, you, you do a Bay of Fundy uh, salmon and you do scallops. And then, of course, we've been talking about the lobster. So uh, where do you get your salmon from? Uh, again, I get it um, from my uh, sources. In, in, uh, the only salmon I buy is, is, is from uh, this fish company in Boston, which is an old fish house. They've been doing it. There's like the third generations. And I buy my oysters there. I buy my my scallops there. I buy my salmon there. Um, uh, they're doing an excellent job. It's very consistent. And also we buy. We have every day a uh, special fish, which is the catch of the day, which it's gotten really popular because people are really conscious about uh, seafood. They like that. Uh, it's like tonight we're gonna have halibut. We have eastern halibut tonight uh, we have we get some snappers out of the coast uh, coast and um, from Florida and so that's that keeps us on always what's new what's a little bit different um, so we have specialties every night um, not only seafood but also specially cuts of you know some like like tonight we have dry aged uh, 30 days um, tomahawks which is a, a 30 ounce Rib, a ribeye with a big bone on it, cooked with the bone on. And so we keep that just like the seafood. We always have, try to have something special, though. You know, Peter, we're going to probably have to have you come back because we could we could even focus on the menu alone. And also we could spend some time talking about uh, your background and your evolution. Um, but there's something I want to turn to and, and not miss, and that is, you know, the, the quality of hospitality, you know, which is very old school, uh, is making people feel really comfortable in a, in a given environment. And, and that tone, uh, the last time I was in, or actually the time before last, uh, was set by your wife, uh, Valerie, uh, who uh, happened to be up in, in the front. Uh, and um, you get a sense that your entire staff, is very much into making people feel comfortable. You know, it's the true sense of hospitality. It's true old school hospitality. How, how do you find people like that, and how do you make sure that they uh, that they understand the value of being uh, hospitable? Well, I mean, you know, I don't want to take too much credit, but, but it starts with us, um, the management, my wife, me. Um, you know, we are we are setting the tone first of all. Um, the other thing is is really you have to source you you looking through people i i can't i can't teach somebody friendliness and 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 personality and certain things i can't that's that's the thing we have we 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 find that person where it's like okay you have a gift where you are a happy person you are given you want to help people you have that gift and uh, we need to find those. So we, we, we're really looking for that. As an, and, and then at the same time, we're trying to create an environment people like to come to work. They're having a good time. They like that. They know when you come to work, there is expectations. There's structure. 
Uh, we have uh, we set the tone. We want that. And, you know, everybody has a good time. You know, you s- probably experience when you come to the restaurant. It's not just one, one server at your table. It's everybody. Um, and, you know, we always said, always said this. When you come in, what do you want to do first? You want to make eye contact. You want to give these people a big hug. And then we're going to feed them. And, you know, and it's like that's what really is that all about service yeah. and, and, and hospitality. And how can you go wrong with that? That's very old school. And I, I had mentioned to you I'd spent the weekend in uh, New Orleans, uh, went to a couple of uh, restaurants that were between 50 and 100 years old. I experienced that same old school hospitality that you don't find everywhere here in Atlanta, but you find it at your place Peter, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, to come on to the Business Hour. You're welcome. Thank you so much. You've been listening to... You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Field books. There is a difference, and the difference is made in the USA by family-owned and operated Bogside Publishing in New Hampshire. For over 38 years, the family business has produced the finest, most durable, rain-resistant, and most affordable field books in the land surveying and engineering industry. Demand the best from your supplier, Bogside Publishing Field Books. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. When I wrote my book, Big Medicine, I wanted readers to learn both how the healthcare system works and how to navigate the system to make it work for them. A supplemental policy from AFLAC is a little-known but effective strategy to help cover costs of routine medical and dental care and catastrophic care such as cancer, kidney disease, heart attacks, and stroke. Imagine buying a policy that will pay you if you are diagnosed with a catastrophic medical condition or you need emergency care, no questions asked. Whether you're a small business owner who wants to cover your employees or you have a high-deductible plan, Buying supplemental policy provides coverage you can actually count on to be there when you need it. It also covers preventative care such as mammograms. Imagine being paid to stay healthy. It's a no-brainer. Learn more by texting paid to be healthy to 36260 or go to com forward slash Stephen underscore money. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And also includes dental, vision, food.